0: Thank you for taking the time to listen to this audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center. Our prayer is that you'll be encouraged and blessed by the anointed word of God. If you'd like more information about Apostolic Worship Center and its ministries, visit our website at www.awcnorman.com.
1: Would you put your hands together and welcome our guest evangelist on this Sunday morning, evangelist Sammy Sherrill. Let's give the Lord praise. Let's clap our hands to Jesus one more time today. God, we exalt your marvelous, great, wonderful name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Brother Borders. Always high honor and privilege to be here. And the Borders have become great friends and thankful that God allowed our paths to cross several years ago. This church has become a, a uh, staple for us, I guess you could say, over the last few years on our pilgrimage. And when we get the opportunity to stop by Norman, it's just a highlight for us to be able to be here. Regret that my family wasn't able to make the trip this time, but they as well appreciate brother and sister Borders and their family in this great church when I got in the room yesterday I called my wife and I said well babe this is where it all began this is where it all began and um, referring to the the um, past year or so she said well don't bring nothing home amen I said I'll do my best Praise God, but it's so great to be here. I'm glad and comforted to know that not one time have I ever thought God has lost control of anything. It's just, if if you're a child of God, there's always a comfort on the inside that you're going to be okay. Amen. Amen. And so we thank God for that. If you have your Bible today, I would like to turn your attention to two places one in the Old and one in the New Testament first Isaiah 52 and verse 7 and then I'm going to skip over to Romans chapter 10 and verse 14 and 15 Isaiah 52 and 7 first then Romans 10 and 14 and 15 today and have never been filled with the Spirit of the Lord which is the Holy Ghost you're not going to find a better opportunity than today for God to baptize you with his spirit it's the will of God God wants it to happen this church wants it to happen all you got to do is be a willing vessel and God will fill you with His Spirit. That applies to every child, every teenager, every young adult, every senior citizen, every mom, every dad, everybody. If you want the Holy Ghost, there's no reason you can't get it. None. Amen. And it's here today. It's here today. Isaiah 52 and 7 The Bible says how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation, that saith unto Zion, thy God reigneth. Romans 10 and verse 14. Scripture says, How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, This is referring back to Isaiah that I just read, Isaiah 52 and 7. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and that bring glad tidings of good things. Thank God for his word today. Would you join me in prayer one more time and ask God to help us for the next few minutes here this morning. Jesus, we come humbly to you. And reverently, God, we approach you once again. Thank you for the opportunity we have again to be in your house and be with this great church, these great people. I pray that you would help me to speak your words, which we know are spirit and life. God, let my words be your words. God, let me have your direction and your mind and your purpose at heart. We rebuke and bind every spirit that would try to hinder and oppose and resist. And we speak freedom and liberty and strength in this service today and we honor you and we thank you for it we give you glory and we praise your name in advance we thank you for what you're going to do hallelujah and everybody said amen you may be seated My subject today, I want to talk about good news is coming your way. Good news is coming your way. How many like to hear good news? If you don't like to hear good news, I don't want to hear your news. Amen. Because I would rather hear good news. As opposed to the alternative it affects us I'm not just talking about the mainstream news I'm talking about any news that we get from a friend from a family member from anybody that we care about or value and love news affects us it affects us news that you get from your employer it's going to affect you news you get from Uh, Your teacher is going to affect you. news you get from the doctor is going to affect you. Either way, whether it's good news or bad, it's going to have an effect upon us. And so, with that in mind, if you're asking me which one I'd rather have, obviously I would rather hear good news. Good news. Years ago, my wife and I were standing in line at a fast food place, or it would have been a good place for a fat, fast food place. And as we were standing there, my cell phone rang, and I didn't recognize the number, but I took a chance. Answered it, and there was an unfamiliar voice on the other line. And they said, after I greeted them, they said, is this Mr. Sammy Sherrill? I said, yes, it is. How can I help you? Well, they said, before we go any further, we just want to verify that we are, in fact, talking to Sammy Sherrill. And I said, well, yeah. I don't know what I can do for you, but this is the real Genuine, authentic, Sammy Sherrill. They said, do you still live at so-and-so address? And I said, yes, I do. They said, they gave me some other information of mine to verify my identity, and I verified it. And they said, Mr. Sherrill, do you remember a few weeks ago you were in a certain place, and being at a certain store. And I said, well, you know, that's a place that we frequent. I can't say I absolutely remember being that on that particular day. But we go there, so probably we were could have been there. There's a high chance. They said, "Do you remember registering for a new car?" I said, "Well, my mind's getting more clear." Um, I said, "Absolutely, I was there. I remember the time. I was, I was there." It's coming all back to me now. They said, "Well, we just want to make sure we're talking to the right person." I said, "Yep." Yeah. they as far as I know, there's not another Sammy Sherrill in the United States of America. This is the only one. And they said, well, before we go, we just need to know this is you. And I said, I'm telling you, this is, this is me. And they said, well, we've got good news. I turned to my wife. I said, you ain't going to blame me. I said, you remember signing up for that new car. I said, this is them. They got good news. I said, well, we're ready for it. You signed up for a new car, right? I said, yeah, and I, I could use one too. They said, well, we got good news. I said, I'm ready for it. They said, if you'll tour our timeshare. We'll give you a free night. I like what? I don't want timeshare. I want a new car. And my my emotions just went from cloud nine way back down to terra firma, you know. And just the the high and the low, so fast. I like forget this. I don't want. I don't want timeshare. Not interested in. I, I was wanting a Cadillac. That's what I wanted. Was a Cadillac. I don't want a free night somewhere, someplace. But it affects us. I didn't win the car. I didn't win the car. And I didn't tour the timeshare. News affects us. It affects us. Um, the Bible said that a good report, you ever read that scripture? That a good report maketh the bones fat. That's a neat scripture to me. A good report maketh the bones fat. It, it builds your countenance. It builds your health, your spiritual vitality. It encourages you. It lifts you up. A good report maketh the bones fat. News. We want to hear good news. How many has ever been waiting for news from your doctor? You got a test run and you're just waiting. Oh, Lord. And it's like it lasts forever. For them to call back and inevitably it's always going to be a weekend involved and you got to wait through the weekend for for the nurse to call back with the report the blood test or this test or that and finally they don't call so you're calling them Do, do, do you have any news and finally finally they let you know and hopefully prayerfully that yes everything's clear everything's fine and you're like man that is Great news, or maybe you've been in the hospital and you're waiting on the doctor to make his rounds every morning and come by and let you know, okay, today you're going home, you're done, I'm letting you go, I'm filling out your discharge papers now, and you're like, man, that's exactly what I wanted to hear because. Good news is something that we crave and we look forward to and that we long for. And even when we hear bad news, we hear it, but we automatically begin to look for good news again. Amen. Behind that. Because it's the good news we're looking for and it's the good news we want to embrace. And it's the good news we want to be applied to our life. Somebody say amen. So this morning... I have come to you uh, prayerfully i've come to you with 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 the weight of responsibility of this weekend and and I pray today that 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 I come to you with the words of Christ. The Bible lets us know that there are ministering spirits that God sends to us, angelic beings that God sends and ministers to us. But God doesn't always send ministering spirits from time to time. He more so sends spiritual ministers our way and brings words of encouragement and strength and direction to us. And I pray today that I fit that role as a spiritual minister and could bring the word of God to somebody and let you know in spite of where you are and what you're dealing with, there is good news for you. Hallelujah. I haven't come with discouraging mindset. I haven't come with my lip dragging the floor. If that's the preacher you're looking for, you got the wrong one. I've come to tell you there's revival, there is deliverance, there is healing, there is salvation. God's a God that can break chains. He can put pieces back together. He can mend the broken heart. He can restore. He can renew. He can forgive sins. He can hear your prayer and he We'll answer them. I've come to bring you good news today. Everywhere you go in this world, you're going to hear the bad news. You're going to hear it from the newspaper. You're going to hear it on the radio. You're going to hear it from the schoolhouse. You're going to hear it from the doctor's office. But when you come into the house of God, we are going to bring you good news and let you know it's not over. It's not finished. It's not done. God is able. God is able. God is able. Hallelujah. Somebody shout yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. So I've come today to bring good news to you. The Bible said in Psalms 107 and 20. This is a a prophetic scripture. The psalmist said that he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. He sent his word and healed them. Now, there are several scriptures in the Bible that are what we would say have twofold meanings to them. In other words, you can glean different things for them. One writer said, you spoke once, God. He said, but I've heard you twice. In other words, what he said is you spoke one word, but I got two different things from it. It meant two different things to me. And so the psalmist said that God sent his word and healed them. This is very prophetic because it is manifested and revealed in Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ was. The Word manifested flesh. And He came to heal. And He came to deliver. But the Bible said He sent. Everybody say He sent. He sent. He sent His Word and healed them. Now if I could just kind of push a few words back and just kind of get in the middle Between the lines. Every time something is sent, there's always a medium. There's always a carrier involved in what is sent. It doesn't matter if if you send a letter, a package, or whatever, or if you go tell so-and-so that I said there's there's a carrier involved maybe fedex it may be ups it may be the united states postal service it may be a courier but but there's a carrier involved that says you know i don't know i didn't write this letter uh i don't know this is not from me but i was told to bring this to you because i'm just the carrier so i'm bringing this to you we used to have have to write letters back in the 1900s, you know. And uh, carriers involved. He sent his word and healed them, and there was a carrier involved. It was a little teenage girl. Her name was Mary, and Mary received the word. And she carried it for somewhere around nine months. And then after nine months, she delivered the word into this world to the people. Amen. And brought the word that was sent to this world. And when the when the word came came it started to heal it started to deliver it started to make whole it started to save and renew and restore amen so i come to you today prayerfully with the word from god not saying hey i put this down, and I'm the author of this, I just come as a medium to say, God said that it's not finished, and God said that he's heard your prayer, and God said that he's able to forgive, and he's able to restore what the enemy has tried to destroy, amen. I want to bring you good news, hallelujah. How I many want good news? Anybody want some good news? I remember, pardon pardon my personal reference, when I, was a, when I was a teenager, we'd go to youth camp, and I met my wife at youth camp. She was more spiritual than I was. She'd go to the altar and pray. Not that I never went to the altar, but she'd stay at the altar. She's the last one to leave the altar, so that... Made me want to hang around the altar. I love God, but I wanted to talk to her when she got done praying, you know. So she was down there praying and weeping and talking to God and just seeking after God, and I'm just kind of hanging back. I want to talk to her. Finally, and this is back, you guys teenagers and kids that are here this is this would have been man. this would have been late 80s early 90s I guess of the 1900s <laughs> and so in those days talk to her and I say you know camp's about over I'd like to talk to you again What's your what's your address? Well, she didn't give me she didn't give me something that ended in .com. She she gave me a physical address, and so I got me a pen and paper, and I wrote the address down. That's the way we did it. Wrote the address down, got home, sometime that next week, I got me a a notebook with some paper, something like this, and started writing. I just wanted to, and you you'd have to drop a couple of lines when you did that. emphasize, it. and begin to communicate with her, and I'd have to get me a stamp, put it on the envelope. I'm not saying I did this. I'm just I've heard of people that done this. Get a little cologne and put it on the. I'm not saying I did that, but I heard tale of people that might have done that. And put a little cologne on that and send it in the mail, you know. And and thinking in my mind, okay, this is this is this is Thursday, okay. She don't live too far away, so maybe two days back then uh, she's going to get it. Oh man, that's going to be that's going to be Saturday. She's going to get. So I'm going to have to wait the weekend probably before she writes back and. And maybe she'll write back on Sunday, and then if she puts it in the mail Monday, I'm maybe going to get it Wednesday. But I checked Tuesday just in case it might have got there early. And when I, that time frame that I thought that it may be returning to me, then, man, I don't care nothing about the mail unless something may be coming my way. And then, hey, I'm out there before the. I'm, I'm looking down the road, saying if that's the mailman coming my way, because because I'm expecting something to come my way, and and if some reason I didn't get to the mailbox before somebody, I'm running through and said, hey, is there anything with my name on it there? Because I'm expecting something. So I'm expecting something from somebody to, to to communicate with me and and send me some information. So so I'm and they just kind of goes through the days, and finally if somebody comes in with a bunch of mail under their arm and they look for something, I say. they that, 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 that's mine. right? it has got my name on it. Snatch it out. That's mine. I'm looking for that right there. Maybe there's somebody here today that maybe you've been asking God for something and praying and seeking God and you just wonder, I'm just kind of waiting here today to see if there's anything with my name on it and if there's anything I've been looking for and if there's anything that I've been expecting. And I pray today that there's somebody would reach out and say, that's mine right there. I've been looking for some news. I've been looking for some news. I've been looking. Looking for God to tell me He's a healer. I've been looking for God to tell me that He can restore my life. I've been looking for God to tell me that He can put the pieces back together. Is there anybody that would like to reach a hand out and say, "I don't know who's for everybody else, but that's mine right there"? Because I need a healing. I need deliverance. I need forgiveness. I need restoration. I need a touch of God in my life. Hallelujah. Come on, I know it's Sunday morning. Anybody need God in your house? Anybody need God in your family? Anybody need God in your life? That's my news. I need it. I need restoration. I need healing. I need a touch of God. Hallelujah. When something's sent, and it's to you, you really care about it don't just be nonchalant well i'll open that letter later if it's a bill i understand it but if it's something that really means something to you and if it's something of value and if it's something that's really going to make a difference where life count. Don't put that on the back burner. Don't look and say, "Well, I got three more weeks to pay that and open that." This is something that affects my life. This is something eternal. This is something that affects my marriage. This is something that affects my children. I got to engage in this. I got to get involved in this. I got to I got to read this. I got to respond to this. God is here to bring good news to somebody today. hallelujah the Bible said (coughs) Proverbs 25 and 25 as cold waters to a thirsty soul so is good news from a far country as cold waters to a thirsty soul so is good news from a far country. I got good news for you today. From a far country. Not from not from the local news anchor. The news I got for you didn't come from the From the local hospital. The news I got didn't come from the local doctor. The news I got, I didn't get it from from Fox News or CNN or ABC, NBC, MSNBC, XYZ. I don't know. I'm just telling you the news that I've got for you today. It's not local news. It didn't come from humanity. It didn't come from this world. But I'm talking about good news from a far country. Good news that's really calling the shots in this world. The news that is really determining what's going on in this world. I know there's kings and there's presidents, but you know who's in control of them. It's God that lifts them up, and it's God that puts them down. They're not calling the shots, but God is the captain of our ship. God is in control of our life and he's calling the shots and I've got good news from a far country. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, I'll do better than that. I've got good news from far countries. Amen. <laughs> what are you talking about, Brother Cheryl? Well, since we're kind of on the Easter theme here this week, the Bible lets us know Now, I'll be honest with you, I don't pretend to know all the exact timeline. I've got my own opinions, but I do know that it happened. And that is, when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible said in Ephesians 4 and 8, Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high... He led captivity captive, and He gave gifts unto men. The Bible said in verse 9 now that He ascended. What is it? But that He also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. And He that descended is the same also that ascended far above all heavens, that He might fulfill all the things and somewhere in his descent to the lower parts of the earth I don't know how far down that country is I don't know how far down that place is into the lower parts of the earth but I do know that Jesus left the hill of Calvary and he went down somewhere way down to the lower parts of the earth and he walked into the caverns of hell and he beckoned unto them give me the keys of hell and of death and he took the keys of hell and of death and he come up out of the grave and he said i've been to a far away place and i got good news i got the keys they're no longer in charge they're no longer in control I don't know what news you're getting from the devil but I got news from the man uh, that's been there and he's got the keys uh, and he's saying, I got victory over hell. I got victory over death. I got victory over sin. I got victory over addiction. I got victory over bondage. Good news from a far country. The Bible said, he that descended also ascended. This is not talking about his final ascent. You remember when Jesus was alive, Mary saw him, and and Scripture implies that she wanted to embrace him, and Jesus kind of stepped back and hesitated and said, touch me not, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. In other words, he knew I gotta ascend. But I'm gonna come back. And the Bible tells us, I think it's Hebrews chapter 9, talks about that Jesus went into heaven. This is where the time frame. I don't have it all together, but I do know what happened. That he went into heaven, and the Bible said in Hebrews 9, that he went into the holy place in heaven. And the scripture said he took his own blood. The blood that the devil said, if I can put stripes on his back, put a crown of thorns on his head and pierce his side, Jesus said, thank you, I'll take that. And he took his own blood. Can you picture that? Jesus walking into that holy temple in heaven, walking into the holy place and taking his own blood that the devil meant for harm, but God meant it for good the whole time. And he took his own blood, the Bible said, and he walked in the holy place in heaven and he put his own blood on the mercy seat. The scripture said he went in once because he would not keep having to make return trips because this was eternal blood, this was divine blood, and he put his own blood on the mercy seat. The Bible said, having obtained redemption for us and the Bible lets us know when you read the gospels uh, that later he come back and the disciples and friends uh, are in Galilee he had earlier told Mary not to touch him uh, but now that he's ascended uh, and the blood is on the mercy seat uh, he walked into a fearful place in Galilee walked in the room with the doors being shut uh, and he went up to Thomas uh, and he said hey pal he said I want you to shake my hand and he said I want you to feel the nail scars in my hand put your hand and thrust it into my side he told Mary don't touch me but now that the blood is on the mercy seat I've been to a far country that's far above the heavens the blood has been applied I got good news I got the keys of hell and of death but I took a trip to another country as well and the blood is there the blood is applied you can be healed you can be saved you can be forgiven I've got good news I don't care what you've done I don't care what's in your past I've got news for you God is ready to forgive and he will abundantly pardon Hallelujah! I hasten this morning not going to be much longer good news from a far country how beautiful the writer said are the feet of them that bring good tidings of good things i don't think he's just complimenting the nice physical attributes of how structured the feet are. Oh man. Those feet are just I wish I had feet like that. Some nice looking feet. I don't think that's the message he's getting across. I think the bigger message is what those feet represent when they come. Not just the feet but what they care what they're bringing. He said, I like to see them feet coming because I don't know what he's carrying, but I know it's going to be good when it gets here. Remember John the Revelator when he was on the Isle of Patmos? The Bible said, he was in the spirit of the Lord's day and he said, I heard behind me the voice of the sound of a trumpet. And he said, I turned to see the voice that spake. He said, I saw seven golden candlesticks. He later said the seven candlesticks were the seven churches, which was Laodicea, Pergamus, Sardis, Philadelphia, Ephesus, and on. And he said, I, I saw him in the midst of the seven churches. And to me, this is just one man's opinion to me personally this is the greatest description of the glorified Christ in the Bible now, there's others that rival it don't get me wrong the Mount of transfiguration but to me the, the way he described Jesus here in my estimation is the greatest description of the glorified Christ in the Bible and he saw him in the midst of the seven burning candlesticks and he said Turned to see the voice that spoke to me being turned. I saw one like to the Son of Man. And he began to describe him, clothed with a garment down to the foot. Gird about the palps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were as a flame of fire. His feet like fine brass, as if they burn in a furnace. And he said, his voice is a sound. Of he said, and he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth one a sharp two-edged sword. And he said, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. John said, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me and said, Behold, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. Can you imagine seeing that? What's interesting to me later, he told him to write what he saw to the seven churches. And as John would later, after that encounter, would begin to write to the seven churches. I'm not quoting this, but I'm paraphrasing this. And you can go back and read it if you choose. But to every church he wrote, I would say in some way, he referenced what he saw in the glorified Christ. Now, he didn't write to every church and describe everything he saw. But I believe that in his discernment and writing to the church, he would pull an attribute of what he saw. And he would write something to the effect of, just say, I'm not quoting, but just using an example. He would write to a church and say, He that had eyes a flame of fire would say him." And he would pull that, and whatever that meant, he would apply it to them and say, this is, this is going to help you. This is an attribute of Christ. Or he would write and say, behold, he that was alive but is, was dead and now is alive forevermore would speak unto you and say. And he would pull those attributes one by one or maybe two at a time and imply them into those local churches. Does that make sense? And one of the churches he wrote, he referenced and he said, he that had feet like bread would say, "Why, why pull that attribute to the one local church? Maybe he knew that this was the attribute that was going to help them and encourage them and help them to understand that good news is coming your way, because." He that's got feet like brass, as if they burned in a furnace, would say unto you, feet like brass. I'm closing as if they burn in a furnace. He's, he's, he's describing feet that have been tempered to the fire, that have already been in the fire. And now the fires that are coming are not going to hinder and not going to stop and cannot do anything to these feet. So he said, I got a God that's coming to you that I don't know what fire you're in, but there's no fire hot enough that's going to keep him out of it because he's got feet like brass. They've already been tempered. They've already been burned. And when the doctor can't get there because the fire's too hot, I got a God that can walk right through it. And when, the, when your friends can't get there, I got a God uh, that's got feet like brass, uh, and he can walk right through the fire, and he can get to where you are, and when nobody's got any good news, uh, if you see brass feet coming your way, uh, that's my God, uh, and he's coming right to the hottest fire in your life, uh, and he's bringing good news uh, unto you. Hallelujah. Somebody shout praise God. Would you clap your hands to the Lord this Sunday morning? Musicians, would you come help us today? I'm going to be honest with you, sometimes I as a preacher, I can't get there, sometimes uh, the doctor can't get there, our words fail, they come up short, but I got a God, that can walk right through the hottest fire, and he can bring you news, and say, I can heal you, I can deliver you, I can forgive you, I can make you whole, good news. It's coming your way. Can we lift our hands up toward the Lord and magnify his name? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me together this morning? not just the feet but I know when I see those feet it's what they're bringing it's what they represent I know I've already said it but I just want to go back to this point you ever tried to reach something in the fire and it's so hot you just there's a limit you can go to Roll a log over or something and you And the hotter the fire gets the further it pushes you back. So if there's something in that fire, you're limited because there's so far you can go when it comes to the fire. And sometimes the fires of life get so hot that even people that love you They come to the edge of the heat and they're like, I want to help. But this is I'm limited to this. point. And the doctor will even come up and say, I've gone, I've gone as far as I can go. I don't know what else to do. I'm at the edge of the fire. I can't get in there. And even friends and family. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to give you strength. And I'm trying to encourage you. But I can't really get in there. You're waiting for somebody to bring you something good. You're waiting for somebody to tell you it's going to be all right. You're waiting for somebody to tell you you're going to get through it. That you're going to make it. But we're all all limited to the edge of the fire because we can't all get in. But the revelator said, But I got a friend. That he's got feet like brass. And when I've reached my limitation, he'll say, y'all excuse me I gotta walk on in this fire they looked over into three in the fiery furnace and some people got too close and the fire reached out and it consumed them but the Lord said it ain't too hot for me and he jumped right down in the middle of the fire and he led them out I don't know what your fire represents but I got a God that's got feet like brass, and he can come right into the hottest fire and he can tell you I don't care what you're dealing with don't let the devil tell you that it's permanent and it's I I got a God that says it's only temporary. Follow me out of this fire. Follow me out of this situation. Good news. I think we ought to lift our hands up to the Lord now. God, I give you praise today. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, you know every man and woman, every teenager, every young adult, every home, every marriage, every mind, every physical well-being that's here. And you see every fire that may be raging. God, and where humanity has reached their limits, and we can only go so far. God, I'm trying to present you as a God that is able to walk right through the fire because you've got feet like brass and that good tidings are coming our way and you're going to lead us out and bring us hope and bring us deliverance. As they begin to play and sing here, I wonder if there's anybody here that would say in a spiritual way, I've been looking for that letter. That's mine. And I'm going to come up and I'm going to reach up and I'm going to take it because I needed to hear some good news. I needed God to speak to me and so I'm not waiting on somebody else to open my letter. That belongs to me. So I'm coming up and I'm going to respond. You know what God's looking for right now? He's looking for a response. This is the most critical point of this whole service today. God is looking for a response. Amen. If it's something in your physical body, it's something in your family, if it's something in your mind, if it's something that you can't get past, an addiction that you can't shake, something that you can't overcome, you want to slip out of your pew and make your way up to this altar and say, that's mine I've been looking for that I've been expecting that I need God to help me now I need God to strengthen me I need God to renew and restore I need the Holy Ghost this is your opportunity to come down to this altar and lift your hands to God and say Lord
0: I receive your word and I respond you have been listening to an audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center located in Norman Oklahoma We are located at 3221 North Porter Avenue, Norman, Oklahoma, 73071. Our service times are Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. And we also have various ministries happening on Wednesday night. For more information, visit our website, www.awcnorman.com. Call us at 405-329-1285 or email us at info at awcnorman.com. We hope that this recording has been a blessing to you.